Well, we commence today's show with the president of People for the American Way. You all know that Norman Lear was a dear friend of mine. We did a wonderful tribute to him weeks ago uh, when he passed away. Uh, I, I miss him dearly. Uh, Norman Lear founded People for the American Way, but now there's a young brother named Savante Myrick. Uh, who runs People for the American Way. Young brother, named by Rolling Stone as a public servant to watch and featured in Forbes magazine's 30 Under 30. He is one of those young progressive leaders who folk are watching very closely all across the country. And I am pleased to have Savante Myrick on this program. Savante, how are you today, sir? I am I am feeling great, and uh, not least of all because it is really an honor, sir, to be on your, your show. My, my family and I have followed you and watch and listen to you from BET to, to NPR to PBS. And so it is truly, truly uh, an honor to, to be on your show. You're awfully kind. I'm honored to have you on the program. As I said, you're part of a grand legacy. Norman Lee was a dear friend of mine. And uh, I'm just honored to know that they have a young brother now running People for the American Way. And I'm thrilled to have you on this program for the first time, but I promise you not for the last. Let me jump in and make, make the most of the time that we have, sir. Um, let me start with this. Over the weekend, we commemorated, uh, depending on one's perspective, commemorated or celebrated. Mm -hmm. I'm in the commemoration part, not the celebration part. Mm -hmm. The uh, third anniversary of January the 6th. And on that date, um, the government uh, arrested three more persons who were involved in uh, this uh, uh, insurrection three years ago. The government arrested three more in Central Florida on last Saturday on the third anniversary of the uh, of the insurrection. But I'm curious to get your take for starters on the ongoing impact three years later well, of the January 6th insurrection. Yeah, well, I think you um, have have nailed it right on the nose. Some of us are um, commemorating. Some of us are celebrating. And that is what it uh, means to be living through history. Mm -hmm. You know, f many folks um, may not realize that we are living through a, a historically important period. But one way you know is when the official story is highly in flux, that is a historically important period. What do I mean by that? I, I mean that what we do in this upcoming election cycle, what we do in the next election cycle, too, um, will determine whether or not January 6th is a day that lives in infamy, is a day when uh, uh, insurrectionists attacked the heart of American democracy and tried to take over the government, mm -hmm. or if Donald Trump is reelected, whether January 6th will be commemorated as a national holiday when freedom fighters uh, stood up for what was right and tried to take their country back to make America great again. And that might sound hyperbolic, but I promise you it is not. You just listen to uh, Donald Trump's speech on January 6th. Listen to what his sons and daughters posted on social media. Listen to what their followers are saying, including Elise Stefanik, who went on Meet the Press, one of the most important talking about setting, setting modern history. That is the oldest show on television, is the longest continually running show on television, and Elise Stefanik, who is supposed to have been a serious American lawmaker, sober-minded, one of the leaders in the Republican House majority, went on that show and said that the hundreds of people who've been arrested for insurrection are not actually um, criminals. They are not uh, insurrectionists. She said that they were hostages, hostages of the American government, uh, which, is, which is, as you can imagine, extremely, extremely dangerous rhetoric. Yeah. But if Donald Trump wins, that's not just rhetoric. That will become a fact. He will pardon all of those people. He will turn them into heroes and martyrs. And we will all be enjoying uh, a day off come every January 6th to celebrate Donald Trump's liberation day. When, 
when we come forward, we'll pick up on that note right there. This is the same Elise Stefanik who led that congressional, uh, not led, but the one who made all the made all the news questioning those college presidents uh, about anti-Semitism, which led to the resignations of uh, the president, UPenn, and recently Claudine Gay at Harvard. That same Elise Stefanik is the one on Meet the Press this past Sunday saying that these persons arrested are hostages of the U.S. government. That gives you, I think, some better insight into what happened in that hearing that day and why she was out to get them. You know now even better who she is more when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Rank number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. I'm Tavis Smiley, and he is Savante uh, uh, Myrick, and I'm honored to have him on this program. He's the president of People for the American Way, major organization. Uh, doing some great work for many decades now. And this young brother now leads the organization. Again, I'm pleased to have him um, on our program uh, to commence today's show. Uh, I, I assume uh, uh, that you agree with me uh, uh, that uh, that Elise Stefanik more and more is showing who she is and put another way, is auditioning every day uh, to be Donald Trump's running mate. That's my read. What's your read on it? Running mate or a successor. Wow. And I think it's, it's yeah, uh, yeah I, I think she, she's a, a young person. Um, relatively young. She's mm-hmm. my age. So I, I consider myself uh, very recently, formerly young. I think is the best <laughs> way to put that. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> and she, you know, to, to me, what's most damning about her defense from um, a rational, uh, sane conservative into a fringe extremist is that it, it uh, has been done very calculatedly. That is to say, she has not fallen down a rabbit hole of misinformation. She has followed her constituents down that rabbit hole of misinformation. She mm-hmm. was, um, years ago, very similar to conservatives like Mitt Romney and uh, Liz Cheney um, that were considered part of the mainstream of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And what, what's disheartening is that she's taken this extremist position because, exactly as you said, because she thinks it'll be helpful to a political future. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- why should that be disappointing? It's because uh, that should tell us something about where the modern GOP is right now, about where modern Republicans are. That if a young, ambitious politician wants to one day run as, as uh, vice president, possibly even as president for an eight years from now, that she will take these extreme positions, and that's that is who we have in Elise Stefanik. Yeah, this is this is a big question, um, and you can take it any way you want to take it. I'm I'm asking it deliberately and unapologetically, but the question is um, your view, Savante, uh, on the way Americans view our democracy in real time. Again, this is a this 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 anniversary this past weekend was a was a a moment I think for reflection. Uh, about the past and where we want to be in the future. Um, and there's some some fundamental questions that this country still has to wrestle with about who we are really. Who are yeah. we really? Not the ideals, the I-D-E-A-L-S that we profess, but these crazy ideas, the I-D-E-A-S that we're, that we're, that we're grabbing a hold to in real time. Who are mm. we really? In many ways, I think America has grown older, but we've not grown wiser. And so that fundamental mm. question still is unaddressed. Who are we really? And so there's a conversation to be had, it seems to me, then, about the way Americans view our democracy 
in late modernity. I'm talking about things now like the big lie that you referenced earlier. I'm talking now about voting rights, election protections. Uh, I saw a wonderful piece you wrote in The Hill not long ago. We'll talk about that piece uh, in a moment. Uh, but just your, your thoughts uh, quickly here on the way you see a divided America uh, and its view yeah. of this thing called democracy, as I call it, this experiment in democracy. Yeah. And I think, boy, that's a good question. It, it, it is the question. Um, I think it, it, the, the, the crisis is more severe on the right, but it is also relevant on the left. Mm -hmm. And it is relevant with young people who are seeing in alarming numbers decide, hey, you know, maybe I would be open to fascism uh, if I thought it would make my life better. Uh, maybe I'd be open to totalitarianism, to authoritarianism, and to see folks who used to be part of the party of Reagan in particular say that they'd be open to a uh, Xi Jinping style uh, of dictatorial rule is very concerning. But I would say, if, if I could, the way I'd answer that question mm -hmm. um, is by talking about our founder, your friend and, and mine, Norman Lear, mm -hmm. who just passed away last month, a month ago yesterday. Uh, at the at the age of 101 years old, mm -hmm. uh, true patriot to the end of his life. I mean, this is somebody who enlisted in World War II and flew 52 bomber missions over Nazi Germany to fight against fascism and defend American democracy. And he came home and made uh, some of the best and most groundbreaking and pioneering entertainment in American history, from uh, All in the Family to the Jeffersons, to Good Times, to Maud, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. uh, he reached hundreds of millions of people, not just with entertainment, but with, with these messages of, of what America could be and should be. And he founded my organization, which is called People for the American Way. Um, and he chose that name very specifically, even though sometimes it gives us fits. I, I should tell you, I've been a, a progressive politician since I was... 20 years old. I mm. spent 14 years in elected office. Um, and when Norman called and asked me to leave this organization, uh, it was it was just after January 6th. And of course, I, I hopped um, to do it because I was alarmed by the state of our democracy. But I even had family members who, when they heard I was going to run People for the American Way, they heard the name of the organization and they said, is that a gun rights group? Is that a, is that a far right conservative? No, you know, is that I a hear, conservative think tank? I hear your point. Because, mm -hmm. exactly, because the, what you just described, which is this battle over what is the American way is still unresolved. Mm. Uh, that you can ask different people and get different answers. Uh, now, of course, we think the true American way is actually what you saw in those shows of All in the Family, where a deeply conservative Archie Bunker arguing with his, his son-in-law, Meathead, mm -hmm. right, uh, fighting about uh, the, the proper role of government right, and the proper way to treat each other. And that those arguments could be heated, uh, could be hilarious, could be heartbreaking, but we're never violent mm -hmm. and that there is no role for political violence in a democracy. Once violence comes into our political rhetoric, once the threat of harm, of assassinations, of violent physical overthrow uh, becomes commonplace, then you have already lost your democracy and you are living in a system in which the weak must fear 
the physically strong, uh, the old must fear the young, and the moderate must fear the extreme. Uh, of course, uh, Jefferson and the rest of them, for all their warts, designed and imagined an American system that would be different from that, where rationality and reason and the power of debate and persuasion would hold the day, mm-hmm. and that those who had good ideas would see their ideas flourish, and those who had bad ideas would be banished to the dustbin of history, uh, regardless of, of, of how many uh, times they tried to storm a building, they would be rejected. Mm-hmm. So the question, of course, is the same question that, that Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Franklin faced when they left Constitution Hall in Philadelphia. Somebody said, what form of government have you given us? Is it going to be a monarchy? Is it going to be a democracy? Is it going to be... And he said, well, it's a, it's a democratic republic. We've given you a democratic republic if you can keep it. Mm-hmm. And this is what Norman Lear has left us. He has left us a vision for the American way that is inclusive, that is accepting, that allows us to thrive and survive if we can keep it. And, that, 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 um, that, and it's clear that it won't keep itself. We just have to fight for it. Yeah. We have to fight for it. No, that, that, is the cre- that is the key phrase, if we can keep it, if we can keep it, which raises the, which raises the question as to whether or not you think in the, and here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the irony here, we live right now in the most multicultural, multiracial, multiethnic America ever, ever. The most multiracial, multiethnic, multicultural America ever. And yet this question still, the jury is still out as to whether or not we can ever achieve true multiracial democracy. How's that for an irony? Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, uh, uh, um, frankly, I think the sort of thing that I, I don't know how to say this without being, um, without being flipped. Mm-hmm. Or without being so boring as to, you know, I, I happen to know, uh, Mr. Smiley, that your listeners are some of the, the most informed and well-reasoned, so they've heard most, and best-looking, if I, if I can add, um, <laughs> listeners in the country. So to, to say this, I know they've heard this before, but say things like, it is actually up to us, that nobody's coming to save us, mm-hmm. that nobody can answer this question for us, that if you're sitting in your car right now uh, worried about American democracy, um, you know, Barack Obama's not coming over the hill to save us. Uh, Dr. King is not coming over the hill to save us. Nobody's going to walk into that locker room and save it. It, it really is. We're going to have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we can keep it, um, that is the phrase of the day, if we can keep it. So um, let me let me ask you to say a word. I'm looking at my clock. You've got about five minutes left with you, and I want to jump right into this. Um, a pretty provocative piece that you uh, recently wrote for the, for the Hill a publication, an op-ed, mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the thesis was that state governments uh, are already waiting to strip citizens' rights in 2024. I thought to ask you what's at stake in 2024. You've sort of already, sort of already addressed that, uh, what's, what's at stake here. But the, the question I'm, I'm pressing on now is if this is a tight and close election, um, as many expect that it might be, uh, and we assume that the presumptive nominees are once again Donald Trump, Joe Biden, everybody knows that. Um, the question really is, isn't so much what's at stake. I think we get that. The question is, what happens if there is a state, if there's a tight race, given what states, Republicans, frankly, have done quite well all across the country, preparing to steal this thing? We talk about the big lie. Um, what we're going to see in 2024 may be the big steal 
uh, if they are successful in all the groundwork, all the patchwork they've done to prepare for mm-hmm. this close election. Take it away. You wrote the piece in The Hill. Yeah, sure. I mean, Elise Stefanik, who's, who's the unfortunate star of our conversation today, was once a responsible member of Congress, went on uh, Meet the Press on Sunday, and refused to agree to certify the election if President Biden wins it. Think about this. She, ahead of the election, mm-hmm. the question was, imagine that President Biden has won the election. Would you certify it? Right? Not that the election's contested, not that it's very close, not that Trump may have won the Electoral College but lost the popular vote, none of that. Biden wins the election, will you certify it? She refused to answer yes or no. Now, of course, it's, it's Miss Angelou who said, when somebody shows you who they are, you should believe them the first mm-hmm. time. Their intentions are as plain as day. And you might think, oh, God, who really cares? You know, Trump, Biden, all this talk of stealing elections, what does it matter? You know, they just want to be in charge. Well, here's what happens if the other side takes away our rights to vote, is that they can then take away any other right to see fit. Pete Cox, mm-hmm. I mean, in our you know, media circle, things move so fast, people may have already forgotten. A woman who was pregnant was excited. Area pregnancy to term, she got terrible news from her doctor that her pregnancy was not viable. Not only not viable, not only would uh, uh, her pregnancy never come to term and a child never survive, but to attempt to carry it to term would threaten her life. Her doctors said, you need to terminate. The governor of the state said, no, you cannot. The governor of the state doesn't have a medical degree. Government state is not in that in that room. They appealed to the courts. The court said, "No, you cannot." She had to flee her state. Now, thankfully, she had the resources, and this has happened to hundreds of women, thousands of women, since Roe v. Wade was overturned. And we won't know how many millions more will be affected. People, unlike Kate Cox, who don't have those resources to challenge the ruling in the in the court of law, people who won't. Uh, even now, my heart breaks for a 15-year-old woman in New Orleans who's going to discover the wrong way that they live in a red state when they get impregnated against their will by a family member and attempt to terminate that pregnancy and find out, oh, actually you can't because the Republicans are in charge here. And that's going to be their introduction to the political system. Right, or, or a woman in Indiana, in any of these states. So, you know, this can seem this conversation about our democracy being on the line. It can seem so pedantic, and it could seem like it would only matter to politicians or those weird people who watch too much MSNBC. Guilty, um, <laughs> but it actually matters to all of us because we're not just fighting over who's going to sit in which chair. Yeah, if they can take your vote from you, they can take every other thing from you. Yeah. He is, the pr- I, and I mean that, and I mean that quite literally. Whatever you have fought for your whole life, whatever you've worked for, whatever you've earned, uh, you might feel it is safe. I bought that truck. Yeah. I'm halfway through the mortgage on that home. I send my kids to that school. I made these choices, and I built my life. Well, believe me, and if you don't believe me, you just ask people who've lived under authoritarian or dictatorships, authoritarian governments or dictatorships. Uh, not, no part of your life is safe yeah. if your vote is not safe. 
No, you, you, you put your finger on it uh, quite nicely today, um, uh, um, Savante Myrick, when you, when you reminded us of what uh, those two founders said when they came out. Um, we have given you a democratic republic, if you can keep it. Uh, we will see in the days, uh, weeks, months to come uh, whether or not we can keep it. Um, this is, again, Savante Myrick's first time on this program, as you can tell by his brilliance, not his last. Um, uh, we'll have him back uh, a few times, I, I hope and pray, uh, throughout this uh, this season, this critical election season. For now, though, we thank uh, Savante for his insights. Good to have you on, my friend. Have a great year, and I promise I will talk to you sooner than you think. Thank you, sir, and really an honor to be on with you. Uh, thank you for everything you've done for our community. That's very kind of you. My great delight.